welcome back to the Heads in the Game podcast. It has been too long, but it has been a busy January with quarantines and travel and everyone going back to their respective colleges. But it's also been a time of an incredible amount of football. And for some of us, very miserable few weeks. And I'm, of course, talking about Chelsea and Wolves and that Ollie is here to, you know, reminisce on the good old days when we thought this season would be a turnaround. But uh, Turner and Chris are here to, you know, rub it, rub salt on our wounds. But it's a lot to talk about today. A lot of games to break down. There's a very full, very hectic weekend. You know, uh, I think it was three match days across one this weekend. I know Turner was mar- talking about that earlier. So we've got a lot to break down. Of course, always follow us on Twitter and our website. But just getting right into it, Ollie, I had to start with one of us. But Wolves continue their bad run of form. And the result I want to talk about first is this West Brom result going against a team that are relegation, not if not favorites, close to it, uh, with a new manager just having one win. Fabio Silva does get his goal, but it ends 3-2 <laughs> to the Albion. How are you feeling uh, in this January? What like do you hope for a signing to bring some light to the team? And what's bringing you optimism with results like this? Uh, yeah, you know, I think um... – Fabio's goal was taken pretty nicely, so I was definitely I was happy about that. I think he's already looking a lot better than than when he started. He's not just kind of looking like dead weight, um, which has been good. Uh, definitely just a tough loss, though. I mean, it's obviously one of our biggest rivals, if not our biggest rival um, mm-hmm. in England. Uh, so definitely we wanted to win that game. And it just kind of shows, like, our – you know, our – disability has not just been from attacking play like to to drop three goals against um you know a team that's at the bottom of the table like it's it should not happen and cannot happen for a team that wants to be you know top half so um obviously it's been just a bit sloppy we've been dealing with a lot of influx in the back um in terms of Kilman playing and not playing in terms of Bali being injured for a while Cody has not been totally lights out as he has been he's been kind of giving up some pens giving up some um sloppier plays even though his control has been or just like his uh yeah his influence over the game I think has still been been pretty solid but yeah in terms of his performances he's just not been as solid I don't think but um in terms of the window um I guess there's a striker from um uh, excuse me, from Sociedad, William uh, and Jose, right? Thank you, yeah. Um, Jose. And so we're looking at him, and I think there's been actual legit talks. Like, I guess all that, like, Diego Costa rumors were a load of poo-poo, but um, <laughs> as we might have expected. Um, but, yeah, I think that could be really nice just to juice. I mean, he had two goals in his game today for Sociedad, so um, – that would be really great. I think we need some influx. We brought in, obviously, Gibbs White and Catrone. But Catrone, he's not doing anything for us. He was never that good. He's never it really lived up to the hype. Um, and Gibbs White, for some reason, even though he's he's got quality, he's just not really been able to put up performances um, in the top flight. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of transition right now. We got a really small and injury-stricken side right now. So, it's we're in relegation form and I'm a little worried, but um, I think we can turn it around. 
Chris, you know, as someone who has spent a lot of the last few years, you know, watching this Wolves team come back into the league, you know, you start watching Premier League as Wolves come into the league and now watching their games, you know, we're playing a back four as opposed to the back five that I was accustomed to in the division. What do you see, you know, with players like Automa not performing at all? Like, what do you think is going wrong with this team? Do you think that there's a way to bring it back without, you know, replacing Jimenez with a similar level of talent? Yeah, um, I think in terms of bringing up Troy, uh, I think one question we all have to ask is, did the league figure him out? You know, uh, he was really just blistering last season. You know, it was a real threat. Spinning out teams like City, it was benzing out teams like Spurs. Um, you know, just a real talent. It was really destroying the league, and that fortune has really seemed to dry up as of late. Um, I remember, <laughs> as it was like to talk and joke about. I mean, was it going into the summer that Ollie sent us the meme of like Troy going to Barca for like a hundred mil or something? Like, yeah, obviously we knew he wasn't going for a price tag like that. But regardless, you know, that's like the light upon like people were putting this guy in you know he was he really made an impact uh but this season he's been completely gone and i think that's a result of possibly teams figuring him out but also i just think somewhat being exposed with jimenez not there uh i think a lot of his game was just super pacey on the wings either get out muscled or he gets by you slips in the back and then if he's able to send in a cross, you know, Jimenez was getting on top of, you know, a lot of those and really putting them away. And I think he benefited a lot from Jimenez's play. But now with uh, no certain, like, true identity up top, I think that's kind of also just seeing the rest of the team not disintegrate, but really lose identity with, you know, how they want to play. Yeah, I, I think this is all oh, you go. Yeah, I'll just say really quickly on and I because I was reading um, this Twitter thread by uh, and I'll shout this guy at LFC Sean at LFC Sean on Twitter. So check that out. But um, he was basically saying, you know, he I got to shout the guy out. He was basically, you know, giving some stats about Adama's season and uh, and just like kind of trying to explain a little bit like his not really scoring that many goals and not really creating that many chances. Um, and one thing, one stat that he put out was that he Adama has 72% successful dribbles and he has the most successful dribbles of any player in top flight football um, with 183. And that's more than like Messi, Zaha, um, same maximum. So that's an interesting stat. And I also think if you look at his heat map in terms of where he actually like touches the ball, he rarely, rarely touches it within the box. So, like, all of his crosses are coming from the wing position. All of his play is on the wing, obviously. But we saw in his goal, um, you know, against uh, Leeds, that was, like, barely inside the box. Like, he's not really getting into the box in scoring positions. So, I think to expect him to score a lot of goals is not too fair, I guess, just from – because he's been playing, like, right wing back pretty much. This, like, he's not even that far forward in half these games. So I think, like, yeah, without Jimenez, he just doesn't really have a target for assists. And with his play, like, he doesn't get into offensive areas that are good positions to score from. I think that the Automa stat about completed uh, dribbles is a very interesting one because it's a stat that he as a player has led, I'm pretty sure, worldwide for the past seven years. Like, this guy, when he was on Middlesbrough, was still doing that. When he was on Aston Villa, he was still doing that. So it's definitely something that I think – 
he's completing a lot of those dribbles, but he's not completing them in the efficient positions. He's not being afforded the space. And I think the space is the second key is because if we think of like the iconic Ottawa performances that brought him into, you know, like the, our view, that Manchester City performance where he scores two goals at last season. That's a game where Wolves have like 25% possession and have the ability to get these fast counters, the, you know, where you have Moutinho and Neves playing Ottawa into space. But when you're playing West Brom, who are going to put in a, like a low block against you, they're going to go for the corner, like for the attacks. Like, you know, they're going to try to get Pereira to get opportunities. They're going to try to get their fast wingers and opportunities. It's a lot harder for Wolves to win. And it's, I think it's telling that their only win of recent is against Chelsea. And that is against a Chelsea team that was possession dominant, but that afforded them space. And so then when Neto is coming on the counter, it just, you know, is a dangerous thing. And that's how they finish. So I know Chris is bantering because he wants to start talking about Chelsea, me being all, all, all of my Claude stuff, being like, get him out of here. Meet him all. I will also say, though, in terms of Wolves, like, I think that also speaks to our lack of goals is like, both Kutrone is not that pacey. Potence, we don't have right now. Neto is pretty much Neto and Adama are our only pace for countering play, you know. And Fabio, just like from what I've seen, the dude can't run. Like he's <laughs> running, like his legs are going in every which direction. Like this man cannot counter for, for shit. So I think not like, those Wanyama knees, those yeah. Victor Wanyama legs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that also just speaks to our, our, our lack of ability to have counterplay, like when Fabio – and also something that I noticed and that I was reading on Twitter, like Neto and, and Fabio, their chemistry I think has been way off. Like, And for them, they're kind of – I think they're trying to establish some link-up play like Nuno would be for because obviously Neto's like really good at, with that pace on the wing. Like, So you would think you would want to feed Fabio, who does do a good job of getting into good positions. But then, like, I don't – I think there's been too many missed chances, and now Neto is just not really that trusting of Fabio. But, yeah, I don't want to get too into the weeds. Yeah, I think Fabio – I mean, Fabio's obviously a guy that this – no one is expecting a, a lot of him this year. So, I, I've actually been pretty impressed by his development in terms of he looks closer to the finished product, but I agree with you. There's still some space to go. <laughs> uh, well, I mean – I feel like the let's hear it, Chaz. Well, I want you. Let's hear it. Well, well, I, I, I want to hear what's wrong with your your boys. Spotlight. Well, on okay. You. So you know, Chelsea played two games in last match week, uh, Fulham and Leicester, and the first one, uh, a rough one, a one-zero win for Chelsea. Uh, you know, U.S. international Anthony Robinson gets sent off to give Chelsea the easy win, and they still managed to almost lose it. And then to lose 2-0 against Leicester, which continues Chelsea's inability to win against any teams above them, uh, put the most pressure yet of the season on Frank's job. So I think everyone expects Frank to lose his job. Definitely the next loss, I would say, maybe before. It's you know not looking good. This FA Cup game is a Sunday, but after that, we've got Wolves on Wednesday. So Ollie might get final gloating rights. But I think that it is very evident that the players brought in over the summer were brought in with a total lack of a vision on how to implement them into the same team and that the communication was just simply not there. And it's also very clear that tactically the team is totally incapable of pressing, of creating a cohesive unit. 
even the Chelsea managers that were under fire in the past few years, the Saris, et cetera, they were able to implement that pressing culture, that tactical identity that meant people bought in that had intensity. Whereas you watch a Chelsea game now, it is no intensity that there are players with so much space that you'll have instances in which one player will get pressed by three Chelsea players, pass it wide, and then they've got an entire lane with no communication on how to resolve it. So I think the issues definitely start on the training ground. I think the issues started in the transfer window, regrettably, because it, the players, while undoubtedly talented that we were brought in, don't seem to have addressed like the core issues in the squad. And I think, Turner, you were right on this. And like when we were talking about these signings over the summer, it's like, where's the defensive midfielder? Where's the defender? Where's like the engine of the team? And it's like, honestly, you get distracted by the shiny objects in the moment because when well, you're it, bringing it, in, yeah. when it you're bringing like in, yeah, it felt like a FIFA career mode. Felt like a FIFA career mode. But there's a reason that FIFA career mode feels so good. It's because it's like when you're able to look at the window and be like, and like I will say, you know, Chelsea do sign Thiago Silva, they do sign Chilwell, they do sign a goalkeeper. I think the hold though is very clearly that the midfield is non-existent. They can't find a solution. Conte has been having a poor season by his metrics, but he's not like. Conte's ideal position does not benefit Chelsea as a team right now. And Kovacic is not better in that position. Jorginho is borderline unplayable against a team with a fast counter. And then when you have Mason Mount and, uh, you know, Havertz on either side, it's just like the balance is completely off. So there's like severe imbalance in the team. The team is not playing cohesively. They're not putting in performances. It's like really just a total shambles because Chelsea went top like December 5th. And it's now like an apocalyptic scenario for a club that still have a round of 16 fixture in the Champions League that are playing in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, United have 40 points and Chelsea have 29th and 8th. And they are six points off the top four. But you can't expect that to, like, justify what's been going on. It's a total disaster. And I would not be surprised to see Frank replaced by a Tuchel um, you know, Chelsea trying to make an overture to Na- someone like Nagelsmann trying to buy into some identity. And I think, you know, a pivot to a German identity wouldn't hurt. It's just, you spent all this money, you're going to need to try to figure out how to use it. So it's going to be a very interesting tactical transformation for a club and definite crisis moment for the club at this time. Charles, how much is a uh, hire like that going to put him back? Nagel's, oh, I mean, like, if they're going to try to buy out, like, Nagel's men, I've got no idea what the, those hires even cost. I'm, like, I'm actually interested, like, what are the biggest managerial buyouts in soccer have been? Because I know there have been some. Um, they're pretty rare. They're definitely, like, I, they're def- I, they're I can't remember. Um, Six yeah, out of 11 are Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would just say... Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, this season's ridiculous. Uh, it's a pretty unreal time to be a soccer fan in, in the best and worst of ways. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to say about that Chelsea team. <laughs> not, not even as like a diss, just kind of like, because I don't, I don't think you guys have necessarily been like losing games that are uh, like Leicester's mm-hmm. a really good team. You beat, you lost to City, you tied Villa. Uh, and like again, losing to us at home, given the context, was an awful loss. But not like it's not like you were losing. You know, we lost yeah. Burnley at home. There hasn't been that loss, Charles. Where like I, I was thinking when you, you were still zero zero with 
men form, I was like, wow, okay, if you don't get a win here, that's a really big, like that's a that's a big. Deal. Oh, I thought I thought he was but, gone if that was no win. No, yeah, yeah, but my point just being that I mean, other than like. Yeah, like like the Wolves lot, like my like you guys have had a pretty tough run of games, and you have and you've lost a lot of them, slash tied a lot of them, which is not great. But my point being is that you're not losing to nobodies, um, and while that doesn't really matter in the Premier League and with Chelsea's high standards, I just feel like I'd probably give them another few games. I'd see like like give them Luton Town, Wolves, and Burnley, and and you know, uh, and I mean, well, I guess if we lose this to Luton, and it, and it could just be that early, but. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be, uh, and you guys what? You're you're still two points above us. <laughs> yeah, not that. So it's like, like but I always say, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and right. so like, to I, answer I, your I, earlier I question, Chris. Is. Yeah, Chris, to answer your earlier question though about managerial buyouts, it does appear Chelsea are like the club that has done this the most. So they paid between three not and four. Surprised. Million. Yeah, between th- three and four for Frank Lampard from Derby. They paid fifteen million euros. Uh, for Andre Villas Boas from Porto in 2011, they paid six million for Jose Mourinho uh, in 2004. So, um, I mean, I, I would expect that to set you know a 10 million if you're buying out this contract. But it's also clear that you know, I I, I would be surprised if they ventured that route. I think Tuchel would be the obvious appointment, um, which just seems sort of lame, just to sort of circulate the same set of managers across Europe's top clubs. But I mean, that's the way it's been going for the last uh, 20 years. But I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts on Chelsea. I could go all day um, because I really don't think that there's an area of the pitch that's playing well for them at this, at the moment. I think, you know, Mendy is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mendy is, there you go. No, you go, you go. I mean, no, you can finish what you're saying. I would say like Mendy, I don't think Mendy's been playing particularly well. And I think the fullbacks were really great at the start of the season and, They've been not very impressive. You know, Mendy's obviously still an upgrade on Kepa, so <laughs> I'm not wishing him uh, any disservice. But, I mean, it's a pretty rough spell, and it's a time in which you have to look at the manager. You've got to look at the transfer policy. You've got to look at the players. And at a certain time, it's like the excuses of adaptation are sort of – because, you know, we've seen these guys fall out against in the Champions League against these same teams. You know, it's like – I, I totally understand the physicality of the Premier League, but you know, Chris, you saw Timo against like against Spurs. It's like it's not like they don't know how to play. <laughs> yeah, I saw him eat Spurs, but I don't know. All I was, all I was gonna say, Charles, is that I played with them on uh, FIFA the other day. They were pretty good on FIFA, though. I mean, know? yeah, they're like the greatest <laughs> team ever in career mode. They were, they were pretty good on FIFA. Dude. I don't What's know. Real life comments that's been made on this podcast. I gotta say, <laughs> I played. I literally, I played as Chelsea Scum a couple days. I never played as Chelsea Scum, dude. They're never. pretty good on FIFA, dude. Some good pieces. Something to work with yeah. there. Yeah. Chaz, that, that, uh, there's the confidence your team needs. <laughs> look, Charles, just I think run that's... go out on the pitch and just control them like you would on FIFA, bro. And. Top of the hold table, down our dude, team, hold down our team. That's what I'm saying. And just... We just got to tell Frank. We just got to tell Frank, LBY, get those long ones the channel. Somebody needs to send that man a PS5. Somebody send Frank a PS5. <laughs> so he can see how Chelsea's supposed to be playing. Dude, he can't get them. They, they Even in England, they don't. They, I can't get them. all sold them. out. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and we'll sell any of us an Xbox, Xbox, whatever, or a PS5, let us know. 
we're getting, we're getting sponsored, Charles. Screw that. We're getting sponsored. We're getting sponsored. <laughs> okay. Uh, the game after the Leicester Chelsea game that I really want to talk about, uh, I thought was one of the best games I've seen of this season. An absolutely crazy game between uh, City and Villa. Uh, ended up with 39 total shots, of which 13 were on target. Um, but City won. Uh, as has become increasingly regular for the team. And I think that when we last left this episode, we were talking about City, you know, finding a role without Sergio Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, is he on form? You know, maybe that they are not the most, that they're one of the most talented teams, but they're not putting it together. Doubts over Pep. And it seems that, you know, they had a few games in hand and just have been taking away results because lo and behold, it's, they played 18 matches. Uh, they're they're one. They've got a game in hand against uh, Man United, and they're two points back. They've, you know, won uh, how many in a row? At least five. Um, but they are dominant. That their defensive pairing of signing Diaz and then resurgent John Stones is playing like the best center back pairing in the league. So it's been pretty incredible to watch that. And I think that this is a good segue, Turner, because I know you wanted to talk about or about halfway through the season and title race is an actual title race for the first time in years. There are multiple teams with aspirations of a title, multiple teams that can win some pretenders that I think will be found out, but some people they can really impress. So I know Chris, you're the only person with a team actually in this race. Uh, I guess, I don't know if they're, Hey, 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 let's not count out those Lobos. (laughs) (laughs) Those Lobos going to win their next 19 on the trot. Um, but, Chris, I Tottenham in fifth right now. Liverpool, Leicester, City, and United ahead. They were briefly top. There's been some struggles in the past. A few draws. The t- Fulham draw, I know, really hurt. What do you think Tottenham need to do to turn it around and get top four challenged for a league this at the end of this season? Personally, I think Jose needs to stop playing like a clown, dude. <laughs> like the amount of points, the amount of points I've seen thrown away this season, it's sickening. Especially because like, you know, when Spurs were top of the table, it was like shocking. I was making bets. Like I was thinking they'd be able to sustain it and stuff. I'm in some bets, Charles. I, I, need, Spurs to, I need Spurs to finish off well, dude. Um, I got a few Liverpool bets I'm going that got that I got going on the side. So let's hear those. I mean, you, you guys are finishing top over Liverpool. What, what what kind of bet were you making with Liverpool fans? Yeah, we're finishing over Liverpool <laughs> on the table, man. Oh, <laughs> wow. Hey, don't wow. worry. We're a point off right now, all right? Before before I get all that. We're one That's if they lose right to Burnley. <laughs> hey man, don't worry about it. I, oh, I'm confident. God. I'm confident in my boys. Oh, okay. regardless, regardless, I honestly think when games are there for the taking and they can really step on teams' throats, Jose oftentimes chooses not to and lets teams hang around and create chances throughout the entire game building confidence. The same way he walked in this, uh, not Stanford Bridge, the same way he walked into the theater of dreams, okay, and wanted to go kill Man U like that and wanted to step on him. That's how I think he personally needs to approach every game with that mentality. And I think we need to start putting games away extremely early rather than letting teams hang around off of uh, trying to play a certain way. Furthermore, I'm just sickened at the fact of what he's done to Deli Ali. That was one of my favorite players. Um, 
just because this man wants to sit back like a fool, he's and like, no, we have room for Delhi. We can play Delhi. It's not like all of Delhi's skill is gone and this and that. Like Jose simply wants to play in a certain formation that excludes Delhi. And, you know, I just kind of think it's like, all right, man, you know, if we had been on top of the table and sustained what we were doing, you know, a lot of this stuff could go by and we'd be accepting of it. And like, okay, but just for the position and where we're at, it's not like we're completely out of the race or nothing. But for where we're at, it's like, do we really, do, excuse me, do we really have to like look at trying to sell Delhi and all this stuff and all these like repercussions off of Jose's actions, you know, for I fifth saw, place? I saw that they weren't try like, I, I read something that uh, Jose said that he didn't want to sell Delhi. Like, and so that's I was like, but that's because, that Jose- okay, there you go. I was just going to say, that's because Jose, that's just Jose being Jose. Like, I'd want to keep the strongest squad I can have and stuff. But it's like, you don't play, the only team you play Delhi, the only minutes Delhi can get is versus Marine, eighth division. <laughs> like, that's the only time he's playing. Like, yeah. the story, the full story on that is like, Delhi wants out, but uh, Levy doesn't want to loan him the PSG because of like COVID concerns or whatever. But I think that's some like, other side action um and i just think like i don't know i don't think he wants to sell him to pochettino and stuff like that quite honestly but yeah he's in a gridlock right now because delhi wants to leave but i don't think the club is letting him which is just making matters i think worse personally mm. you get a uh, danny rose back in the squad i know he's still just like <laughs> chilling out like Charles, where's danny yeah. rose these days like pitched out tent outside tottenham's training complex i saw that man this was like a while a while ago um but they really had danny rose playing with the u23s dude like <laughs> talk about disrespect da- like, danny drinkwater danny drinkwater has been playing with the chelsea u23s chris chris I, thought you saw, chris I thought you saw danny rose at lucky boy a few days ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 ordering, ordering the famous yo man can't get the great the famous breakfast burrito <laughs> and the way that dude the way that dude was up in uh Jose's office like demanding he be traded to like <laughs> like it's like come on like LA Galaxy. Um Bro, yeah heinous. But, uh Charles, oh, I, was, but- I was just gonna say uh I think uh yeah we finally got a title challenge, right? And this is I think what we've all been asking for. Uh I I I I think we gotta talk about the man you Liverpool game. Um, oh, that was dude, how arguably, did I forget? Yeah, whoops. It's all good. Uh, but that was the game that was, mm-hmm. one, either going to show that Liverpool are not anywhere near Manu's level and Manu's title challenge slash, like, competitiveness with them is complete BS, or that Manu are the real deal. Um, and, and it's really interesting because I feel like, weirdly, a win for either team is what would have determined each of those statements. Like, no one had anticipated a tie and what that meant. Um, cause I don't mm-hmm. think anyone wanted to admit that they're like equal or like even on the same playing field. And that game was insane just cause I mean, it just felt like weirdly man used to lose, man used to lose, but also man used to win. And that it was like, man, you had both in their, like they had both in their back pocket and that if they really wanted to attack, you thought they were going to lose it. But also if they really wanted to string some passes together, they could have scored one or two at the end. Uh, and 
now, I mean, that win against Fulham against Shaky. Uh, what a goal from Pogba. Like, what a goal from Pogba. Oh, my well, God. That's what's just unfortunate about this Man U team, dude. It's like, oh. it's not like there's never been quality in this team. And it's not like this team hasn't put fucking hundreds of million dollars into the squad. So it's just, like, frustrating that, like, not frustrating, but it's kind of crazy how, like, they get bantered, they get bantered, they get bantered, again, like, a, month, a few months ago. And then, like, as soon as, like, people start showing up, like, a dude like Pog was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll start trying and start, like, showing, like, what I actually am all about. And, I mean, you, the, the commentary, like, uh, in December about Pogba and how useless he is and, you know, like, the whole, the his Rayola coming out and talking about him. I mean, it's pretty... Uh, just ridiculous yeah. uh, ridiculous that goal was unreal he's definitely um, playing like pissed like yeah, out so, so, i don't know i don't know i think this man U team is gonna be it's just gonna be fun to watch uh what this man U team does um because they've already played liverpool uh well that actually no that that was the first time so i, I realized they're gonna play them again which will be again fun and i checked that that game's gonna be well that's what i'm saying it's gonna be crazy these, um, yeah but the if we're talking about upcoming matches in those realms, we should also talk about Tottenham's upcoming matches because I think they play Liverpool and City and Chelsea in their next four. So, well, I mean, it's just a pretty look, crazy. But yeah, looks sorry like Arsenal's around. getting top well, four. First of all, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, okay. Um, <laughs> first of all, we dominate City, bro. City needs to beat us, Charles, okay? Come get that straight next time you bring up City and Spurs in the same sentence, all right? Because we have City's car. Wait, wait Chris, we're talking about title challengers. Can we not talk about Spurs? Can we talk about the title challengers? Yeah, yeah. Let's Spurs move on. will be okay. in there. Uh, Spurs, Spurs will be in there. <laughs> Spurs will be in there. <laughs> what about uh, Ollie? What do you think about Leicester? You think Leicester are the real deal? I think Leicester are legit, but do I think they're going to win the title? No. Um, I think to be honest, if I had to pick someone right now, it's. Oh, I hate to say it so much. It it really hurts me. But I would give Liverpool a big shot at winning the title. Just because if you think about their injuries right now and having a full squad, and they still have their momentum. They still have their unbeaten Anfield, you know, like record. They still have their um, a fucking cracking side. Like, and then you bring in Jota to add that little extra smoke. You bring in Virgil, who's back in training. I don't know if he's in full training, but he's back doing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you put in their full side, there's still that that team that won last year. You know what I mean? So, I would really, like, I don't know. I, I think if I had to make a, a guess, as much as it pains me to say, I, I would put uh, the Kloppinators as number one. But I guess – City also just looks so nasty. It's going to be cool to watch. I don't know. Chaz. I think the yeah, I think the main storyline for Liverpool remains their injury problems because you know that game against United, they they were starting Shakiri in midfield because they had to play Henderson and Fabinho at center back. And while Henderson and Fabinho are obviously players that are quite adept at playing center back, if they're able to hold United to you know a clean sheet. It's still that this team is not at their full potential. So I think all you're right that if you know we get people back, I don't think Van Dyke's going to be able to play like that huge a role in this season. But if he's able to get less games, Matip is back this match, which is actually a big deal because I think he's a definite upgrade over uh, like Neko Williams or I mean Reese Williams. Sorry, Neko's the uh, back. Um, but for me, I just got to put my chips with City. I think City are 
playing out of their mind right now. I think that they have created, I think Pep has created maybe his best defense of his career statistically this, like since they had turned around and that they, he hasn't really had a world-class defense since his 2010, 2011 Barca team. And even at, you know, Bayern wasn't great. His first few years at City were okay, but not perfect. But they really have this level of defensive consistency that doesn't rely on Fernandinho uh, interrupting everything in the midfield, which is what they were relying on before. And with an aging Fernandinho, you can't get those performances anymore. So I think they're really dangerous. I think their big question mark, though, is definitely goal scoring up front. Who's going to get the goals? They've been starting like Bernardo Silva, Foden, and Sterling which is good, but, you know, against some teams, that's not going to work. And against, like, you know, a United against a Liverpool, can, like, Phil Foden be able to get that space centrally when, you know, Aguero now has COVID. So it's – I think they're still missing that, like, final striker that would make it, I think, undeniably theirs to lose. But I still think that I would consider them favorites just the way they've been playing recently. And Uh, I just can't – I think they've been on – like, watching them play is beautiful right now. Like, they're playing such a high level of possession football. And with just, you know, and using players like Cancelo at left back and like playing really nice stuff. Seeing their game. This is silly off topic, but just seeing their game against Villa and just seeing Villa's form recently, like, has has given me hope at least for Wolves, just because I feel like we saw, we were all memeing Villa last season about their celebrating, staying up, you know what I mean? And then, like, I think it just shows you, like, if you can stay up, especially if you have sick players like i'm just like okay you know what i mean like wolves as long as they can stay up which i think they can realistically like i'm just stoked about that but yeah i think versus villa like that was just that game was just um it was it was crazy and i bet turner you were watching it wishing you guys had emmy back home dude that save against silva bernardo silva was unreal dude yeah that was a that was a crazy game uh i would agree with chad it has to be city especially if stones uh keeps playing like he has been what the Um, hell because what the hell but honestly that's just like what that's just like some man city shit again it's just like he's not (laughs) it's not like that dude's bad it just he just Mm -hmm. hasn't been playing so the fact that like laporte is on the bench like jesus um so i don't know i i yeah, I just yeah. think I, I think City. It's, it's cities to lose. Uh, but I also think, man, you shouldn't be out of the conversation. Gareth Bale on the bench, Turner. All right, calm Excuse down. Excuse him, <laughs> It's not. <laughs> well, the, 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 yeah, I mean, I, that, David I Luiz on the bench, Christian. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, more like Pepe, I think. Timo <laughs> Werner. Timo Werner on the bench. Um, Charles, your team is Finn, bro. <laughs> finished <laughs> all right all right my my point just being that i think man you needs to continue to be uh consider i don't know i just think man you shouldn't also not be in this conversation uh that's yeah, the thing. There, if, if everyone keeps playing like they have been if like eric bailly is like uh continuing his form why why should man you not be in the title conversation but uh i do think i would like to just briefly touch on that we got two of the biggest dead wood out of our club uh, this week, uh, Socrates and Ozil gone. Uh, we are we're looking nice, dude. I can't believe that, Travis. Can I mean that's you know that for our for our payroll and now apparently we're talking to Odegaard. Uh, I mean, geez. Oh my God! If this Odegaard <laughs> signing goes through, I'm losing. I mean, it's not gonna happen. Because... But but like Smith, I don't know, dude. Good enough for me not really to mat- to care. Um, so. 
I, I think Odegaard, I think. Odegaard is, the Odegaard story is interesting in that. I think it's definitely want between Real Sociedad, where he spent last year, and then Arsenal. It's so strange to me because the whole story of this is like he signed a two-year loan deal with Real Sociedad at the start of last season, played so well that Real Madrid recalled him a year early and are now only going to re-loan him out to that same team to finish out his original loan spell. So, you know, this guy is, uh, you know, Ollie and Chris, you weren't like, this guy was a 15-year-old when he signed for Real Madrid and was touted as like the next greatest player of all time. And it's pretty incredible that he's made it this far. Like, uh, I thought he was going to burn out or something, you know, terrible was going to happen, but he's 22 now and rumored to go be going to Arsenal. I think that'd be a very positive move for you all. Yeah, no, that'd that would be, be sweet. exactly what you that'd need. Be sweet. But I just feel like it's like another like attacking minded midfielder that we got from loan from the league. I don't know, it's a little weird. But um I, I mean Chaz, I'd rather Chaz not, I had that I had that away Real Madrid Odegaard jersey uh from twenty sixteen. That was nice. One, I totally of my, forgot one of my one of my one of my best one of my best in my collection. Continue though, Chris. What were you saying? I was gonna say I'd rather you guys get Odegaard than like try to snipe Jack Grealish or something, dude. Like some some heinous. Since stuff when like do we that. have the cash for Grealish? I don't know, Turner. You're telling me you're all selling selling off all the Deadwood and you got hundreds of mil in the bank and ready to go and stuff. That's what you, I don't know. You told me you'd sell off a couple guys. All what right. was that whole? What was the whole scenario? The whole breakdown, bro. Breakdown of what? Our, like, finance? It was, like, Guendouzi. Like, the people who needed to go in order to get somebody oh, of, like, yeah. quality in there. It well, was, like, was, Guendouzi. Yeah, There's a whole breakdown, and, and, and <laughs> that was also me expecting, like, bad players to be sold, which, of course, will never happen. Um, <sighs> but we're, we're getting through them. If we can get rid of Mustafi uh, and Ketia and, like, and um, Turner, next Yeah, time. yeah. I was going to ask yeah, who are the people, who are the last leeches that you'd really like to see gone from Arsenal? I mean, it, yeah, it'd be Mustafi, it'd be um, Louise, Willian. I mean, that's the worst part is Louise and Willian are, are recent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like but do, but think about it. I think if we can actually get, I mean, I don't think this will happen, but if we could get Willian, Louise, and Mustafi off the books for this upcoming season and then tie down uh Balogun and Smith Rowe uh and 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 then like sign I don't even know who he would sign because we just we just just signed Holding to a new deal who's been playing decent and if if Gabrielle's gonna come back next game um I think we just need to I'd sell Bellerin and sell Nketiah uh and and then maybe buy I mean well fuck they just signed Brighton just signed what's his name to a new deal the the kid uh what's his name right back why am I tripping? Lampty. Uh, Lampty to a new deal. I don't know if you saw that, Charles, but that's a beautiful so he's gonna, he, he's, I love that sign in. Yeah, but he's gonna Lampty be so he's much. gonna be so expensive. So I don't really know what 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 our plan is, but uh I'd also probably get rid of Lacazette, uh, because we'd have to he has 18 months left on his deal. Uh so that would mean we just I, I just saw a picture yesterday. There's a picture of, of Ramsey, Ozil, and Sanchez, and just said zero million. We got nothing for those three players, Damn. which is pretty <laughs> unreal when you think about it. When oh, hey, uh, well, well, you, got, ago, you got Mkhitaryan, <laughs> Mkhitaryan. Uh, that's what people were. That was like the meme. Everyone's like, "Oh, but they're going Mkhitaryan." Like, yeah, but like, and <laughs> Mkhitaryan, we sold Mkhitaryan for nothing. <laughs> so, uh, but when you think about that, especially Charles looking back at when we were watching Arsenal and when Sanchez and o, like those two or three years where they were just unreal, they were two. They were the only two assets we had in our club. And they have, we've lost all three of them 
for nothing. And not that I'm like, I want to get Oz out the door. Sanchez was awful. And Ramsey, I'm just still bummed about. But I mean, that is that when you talk about business uh, from, from Arsenal side, that is, I mean, it's as poor as it gets. So uh, I don't know. I think we're starting to turn or we're, we're starting to do better deals and, and try to figure it out. But I mean, yeah, if we're looking at when, when rumors of Isco and then when you look at like William and, and Louise, just like, geez, we're just in the same turmoil. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I The club's kind of like making a turnaround, but like two wins against Newcastle shouldn't be like cause for, <laughs> <laughs> cause for uh, celebration. Yeah. Well, regrettably, I know people have class. I've got to head out, unfortunately, but we'll be back on soon. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on our, our podcast on Spotify and Apple. Our Twitter is Heads in the Game. All four of our Twitters are here. Ollie, thank you. Turner, thank you. Chris, thank you. I'm Charles. Any closing words uh, to send us out? Words of inspiration for the boys back home. Three months, Bears. <laughs> oh. Oh, Ollie, I heard some shit talk to Chelsea. I'm going to need to hear that now. I said 3-1. 3-1? That's your score predict? Ooh. Fabio bag. Fabio hat trick. <laughs> oh, whoa. No chance. I'm going to go like 1-0 Wolves. Frank gets the sack. I like that call. It's probably more realistic. He's got to go. All respect, though. I like actually do like Frank, and I wish that he this hadn't ended this way. It makes me sad. Mm. Something um, I'll say before we head out: uh, beginning of the season. Ooh, who would have ever pictured? Who would have thought, man? <laughs> Jose Mourinho would still be uh, leading Spurs, and Frank Frankie Boy is gone. Dude, no one had hope yep. Jose being the first one to leave. Yeah, it was only Arteta and Lampard. No, no, no. You can only dream these things. The real joke is that Ole is top of the table. Yeah, that's okay. For real. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're all on the same page, I see. Like, oh, my goodness, bro. Next episode is exclusively Ole slander. Make sure to tune in. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one.